I'm Amanda. And I'm Mike. And this, this is Saturday, Saturday Morning, Morning Cereal. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Cereal Podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here with Amanda. Today, we are here to talk about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Amanda, tell us about the cast. Oh, well, first of all, welcome to our guest, Sam. Do you want to go ahead and uh, go ahead and plug your podcast? You're also a fellow podcaster and your social media is where, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me across all social media platforms uh, under the Sam Boogie, T-H-E-S-A-M-B-O-O-G-I-E. The podcast I am a co-host of is Your Favorite Marks with my good friend, Brittany. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at YFM underscore podcast and on Twitter at Your Fave, F-A-V-E, Marks. And tell us about your podcast, Sam. Um, with that, uh, my friend and I, we share a, a love for music and pro wrestling, where we kind of clash the two there um, and talk about things currently in pro wrestling, uh, past stuff as well, too, and whatever music is catching our ear currently as well. Oh, that, that's probably my favorite thing about wrestling is the introduction and the music. So that's great. You, you combine them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda, talk, tell us who is in this movie. Who's, who's this cast? Oh, man. So first of all is Letitia Wright. I loved her in this movie, but I loved her in the first movie and throughout the whole entire Thanos adventure. So to see her front and center in this movie, which we will touch upon here in a minute. Oh, my gosh. She was amazing. Also, there is going to be spoilers, so if you don't want to be spoiled, make sure you click away, because I know it just came out, but there's just a lot to cover because the movie was just, it was great. So, but again, more to come on that. Also, we have Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o, and you know, guys, you know me, I am not good with names at all, And uh, but she played Nakaya, and again, A-plus performance. We have Denai as Okoye oh my gosh I just I just love this whole cast you guys like they just brought their a-game to this whole entire movie Winston Duke Angela Bassett and her freaking biceps like come on <laughs> and then we have Tanak who Herita as Namor or Namar the uh the villain of the story, or anti-hero, we could call him. And we have Martin Freeman returning as Everett Ross, and we are introducing Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. So, Sam, Black yes. Panther is obviously a pinnacle film in the Black community. And uh, now that he's gone, the actor's gone, Chadwick Bosman has passed on, what has that meant for the black community and Marvel universe in general for you? I mean, um, for, I guess, speaking for the black community, like it really took a toll on us because that was like, aside from blade, um, everyone forgets about blade as like the anti-hero of Marvel, but black Panther was kind of like the first like front center, uh, black superhero for us, um, mm -hmm. that actually got like a feature film and got, um, like some some headway within Marvel. Um, obviously, 
think his first appearance was Civil War, right? Yes. And like that little sneak peek, like that kind of got us hyped for uh, the movie. And it and for us, it's kind of like an event. Like um, I know a lot of people showed up in like traditional African garb. Some um, we're wearing white cloths or. Correct. I mean, no, I did not wear all white. I, I refuse to wear all white to movie theater, but <laughs> I, I definitely uh, rock my Black Panther gear to the uh, movie, though. But it, yeah, it's it's definitely a big staple in our community and our culture, and it it just I think we we as a people definitely turned out for this. Yeah, and what's great? Well, you mentioned Blade, but Blade for me, it didn't. It doesn't sound like it captured like the experience of being black. Like there was no mention of like racism and prejudice and the black experience. Right, because it didn't touch on, like, the cultural topics, and yes. especially with, like, today's climate and culture. Like, Black Panther definitely stood on a lot of those points and a lot of those uh, topics that a lot of other um, franchises or companies wouldn't care to embrace, but I do appreciate that uh, Black Panther franchise and Marvels in general just, like, embracing that and taking that role head on. Yes, it. they, they do. I really do appreciate, like, just the exoticness of this movie like wakanda is this exotic place and how do they top it from like the first movie is they bring in uh namor and they bring in that whole city of tanak and that for me was a yes a big appeal like i don't know if you've seen aquaman but like the the difference in the underwater scenes is just incomparable like it looks so much better i agree with you there like it, it definitely um, tied into a lot of like uh, traditional Mexican culture. I think they were loosely based around like Yucatan, if I remember correctly. Um, sorry, the movie I just seen the movie like an hour ago, so everything's still processing. <laughs> kind of. But um, but yeah, like they definitely tied into a lot of the culture there as well too, and I think that was really impactful. Just not for minorities in general, but just showing like the vast differences between like superheroes and like the backgrounds of them all as well too. Yeah, I really appreciated the special effects in this film, and I feel like they just keep getting better and better. The the water in this movie, like the underwater sequences, were phenomenal, and it rightly so gave me anxiety. I have like this fear of drowning and all that. So you too, I share that. Yeah, so like the the part where the the deep blue sea scares. Yeah, (laughs) so but still, it's just interesting because the thought crossed into my head. Wouldn't it be cool to be like Nakaya and just be able to jump in this underwater speeder and just go wherever underwater and be 100% confident in that device that you won't drown or get lost at sea? Like, that's it, it was neat, but yet anxiety inducing for me. I mean, not even that, just like understanding like the difference in water pressure as you go yes. deeper into like the ocean and like pretty much vibranium can handle all of that, which is like the cool, the cool thing about it. Cause like, no matter what, they just had the technology to get literally anywhere they want to on the planet. Yes. It's, it was so cool that like Nemo specifically said, like what would happen to your body at those pressures? Like, you know, your lungs would collapse or your blood would just explode. Like, yeah. Yeah. Your bones would shatter from depression. Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, we have suits also. Yes. <laughs> you could feel it. Like, and then, um, yeah, the suit that, uh shuri was wearing during that whole thing you know i i was like oh man that's just too much too much bulk yes i've been <laughs> oh yeah and then moving around at that speed too it was like it was it was a lot of weird it was cool to see like their civilization but just getting from a to b it was like yeah. oh this this bulky suit isn't like really equipped for this 
I've been underwater for an hour scuba diving before, and I, this whole movie with these underwater sequences just gave me such anxiety because, yeah, yeah they the like the darkness and then like the, all of the animals in the water oh, it was great. Uh, like the architecture underneath the water, yeah. that the giant like sun on top of uh, the pyramid esque structure, that was also cool. Yeah, and. So, like, when it gives you anxiety like that, it's a job well done on the special effects team. Yes. Just because it was so real. Probably a lot of practical effects, too. I imagine a lot of stunt work and, and mm-hmm. swimming went into this. And I actually read in IMBD that the actor playing Namor had never swam before. Like, he didn't, he doesn't know how to swim. Oh, God. Yeah, he had to learn for the... I think he had to learn or he just learned. But, like, I remember reading that as well, too, like... Like his first big feature film, like, oh, you gotta be underwater for like half the movie, though. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so do you do you prefer how they handled this situation with uh with Shuri taking on the mantle, or do you have preferred like a different character taking on the mantle, or do you have preferred like a recasting of T'Challa? No, I think they did it justice because there is a storyline in the Marvel Universe where Zuri does take the helm of the Black Panther. And um, much like much like Amanda was saying earlier, like it was cool to see her development um, as a character, um, especially in this movie, given everything we know from her from her previous appearances in the, the Marvel Universe. And a lot was thrown at her. Um, this movie, and she had to handle a lot at that point in time. Um, obviously, not all of it was handled well, but end of the day, like she remembered who she was and what her people represented and what everything stood for. So I think that character arc and that character development really, really gave us insight to her. And I think it did it justice. Um, from opening the scene with the funeral for T'Challa, um, very emotional scene. Like I, I definitely shed a thug tear a couple times throughout the movie. <laughs> but uh, Me too. It it definitely encapsulated like the story arc, and I think it was a job well done. Uh, I think it was a great story told throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it was great that they did that because you know, Chadwick Bosman passed away, and it was a very private event, and we kind of all found out at the same time. And this was kind of like the way that we all kind of grieved him together. Yeah. Like these scenes in these movies were there for us. Like we were able to accept his passing. And I couldn't imagine, like, the crew members having to film, like, a fake funeral for a fake character that was played by, like, a real friend of yours, or even practically, like, a hero. Like, props to them for handling it so well. I definitely would be surprised if, like, any of them broke down during that scene. Like, just, like, even in theater, like, I kind of looked around, people were, like, wiping their eyes and kind of sniffing about the theater. I'm like, people are really... (laughs) <laughs> like impacted by yeah this. and one thing about letitia as Suri, she is so passionate about her character and the culture surrounding her character i she and like you said to the character arc of Suri, how she kind of was t'challa's right hand man in the first movie but she was also kind of like a comedic relief a little bit too like cracking some jokes and then we see her battling thanos but this movie really shown a different side of her of mourning and then rage vengeance and then like acceptance and just trying to find herself and she's been stripped of everything in this movie her brother and then her mother which was a complete shock to me i didn't know they were going to kill the queen like that um 
but yeah, she just so good. And it was interesting. Mike doesn't watch trailers because he doesn't like to be spoiled. Like you can literally pick apart a movie within a trailer. Um, yeah, Mike and I discussed this when we worked together. Like Mike would never watch. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, no, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, he's like, okay. Then I keep, I keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> right, right. I watch a movie and I watch a movie trailer and I'll just like piece it together in my mind, or you know, even within a couple minutes of watching a movie, I'll just be like, oh, this is how it's gonna end, and then yeah. it's sometimes it's true, and I just kind of have to turn that part off when I watch trailers now inside of theaters and. When I try to watch movies, I try to just sit and enjoy it in the moment. Yeah, but anyway, so like the second trailer they dropped um, like a week or two before the movie came out here heavily implied that Shuri was going to be the Black Panther. Right after that trailer was dropped, they dropped a poster of her that looked just like, you know, someone to be a leader. So I knew she was going to be the next Black Panther. I know, Mike, you had like a lot of theories of who was going to be the Black Panther. Yes. So I wasn't shocked, but I was excited because I was so excited just to see her just step up into this leadership role. Um, Just coming from being a backup background character to this like strong female lead. It was just so great. Mike, who did you think was going to be the Black Panthers? I was going to have this huge, I had this huge theory that at the end of the movie, all of the Wakandans would have taken the heart-shaped herb and they would have all put on the Black Panther armor and like stood up against Namor all together at once. Um, And then my other second theory was that uh, Angela Bassett was going to be the Black Panther, but that kind of washed away. Literally. <laughs> that washed away. No pun intended. Yeah. No pun intended there, Mike. No, no intended. <laughs> I do want to shout out to Okoye. Like, I literally thought Okoye would have been a Black Panther. I was, because Mike, you brought up saying there could be more than one Black Panther in this movie. And I, I thought it could have been Siri, but then Okoye too. And I loved Denai's performance as Okoye, just in every single movie she has appeared in. She is just so great, so funny, so quippy, but she maintains integrity. And they're not like snarky quips. They're they're straight up like jugular, go for the throat, like mm-hmm. a personal attacks. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely loved uh, her character. I loved the the little beef she had with the uh, the warrior from Namor's tribe. Yeah. Like they kept running back. Like that was dope to me. Um, but much to my, I thought that it was going to be like multiple Black Panthers as well too. I, I always thought it would be Zuri, um, inevitably. Uh, but I also thought Nakia probably could have gotten it or Koye, especially after given what happened once, um, she lost <laughs> Zuri and everything. So it was kind of mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of setting up for that, but yeah, it it still worked out for her in the end, and she got to get um some some new gear per se. Yes, she is like the smartest person in Wakanda, and now she's like the most physically fit. Like Namor said, she's the most powerful person on Earth. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about Namor, and I just I saw a lot of similarities between Namor and between Killmonger. And Killmonger was this person who wanted to uplift struggling minorities and give them weapons to fight against their oppressors and then namor was this guy who just came up to the surface and just saw like what they had been up to for a couple hundred years maybe and was like yeah you're you should all just go you should all just burn and i kind of understood it i get it we're i'm just humanity in, in general is in a bad place 
Sam, do, do you agree with Namor or Killmonger in any of their uh, views? Yeah, in both movies, I didn't, I didn't really view them either as villains, um, more so antiheroes because they were, they, they had a cause to fight. Um, Namor just wanted to protect his people, because much like. Uh, in real life, the Americans are greedy people and they try to get their hands on everything. Yes. <laughs> and um, I love the opening scene uh, when uh, Queen Ramonda pretty much read the, the council their rights about trying to like uh, steal <laughs> from their uh, outreach center. And like, everybody was pretty much a trap for the, uh, I think it was the French uh, representative. Like she kind of got caught up. But um, back to Namor though, it definitely didn't feel like villainous like he just wanted to protect his people especially given once we learn how he came to be and what happened with his mother and um his people in general like the colonizers came and gave their people smallpox and other diseases that they weren't equipped to handle and they had to figure out a way to make it to pretty much make it as a civilization and then ended up I guess converting or becoming a part of the water, which is still kind of weird, but it was definitely an inter- interesting take on it, though. And not only is he part of this water community, he's also half human, and that human half is a mutant. I tell you, I could have gone without these wings on these feet. They looked. Pretty yeah, pretty I wish they would have done something different. I mean, it was it was cool, <laughs> like a cool concept. But it was like because especially when like we first saw him in the movie where it was like on the uh, boat scene where he kind of threw the helicopter down. I was wondering, I'm like, hey, how is he in the air? I'm like, hey, can he fly? And then you saw the wings. I'm like, oh, that's what's keeping him up in the air. Yeah, it was kind of, it wasn't like a letdown, but it was like, oh, that's cool. They were like pigeon-sized <laughs> wings. <laughs> right. And then once you saw him in action, it's like, oh, he's really fast with these things. So, <laughs> so yeah. One thing about, too, his people being blue after seeing an Avatar, the new Avatar movie trailer before the film, and then we go right, right it was definitely confusing. R- right, and then we go right into like blue people. I was like, I didn't know this was Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like they like, could have. If you were paying attention, <laughs> yeah. you definitely could have got like confused for a moment. <laughs> right, and then we've got, of course, another uh, movie about underwater people coming up called The Little Mermaid as well. So oh, Disney's yeah. just triple dipping themselves in the ocean of aquatic characters here but i could have gone without the aquatic people being blue yeah but it did make them very menacing because every time they were on screen i was like oh man what are they gonna do they were just so like scary to me and then when they just started popping out of the water and singing and their voices were just getting louder and louder and then you realize what kind of attack that is with right Oh man! So next level genius. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, every single time it was like the Roman, like when the Romans were first trying to conquer the world, they were out on these like ships, and they weren't the best sailors. And they're like, "Well, we're we we fight people on land. We have this great infantry." And then they developed this device that basically just slams a bridge onto the other boat, and they just walk across. And like, Mm -hmm. okay, now it's now it's a battle of Calvaries. We can stab (laughs) with our spear now. And that's basically what right. <laughs> that's basically what these uh, aquatic people from Tanakh did. Is like, okay, just come in the ocean. We'll get you. We'll get you down here. This is this is where we're strong. This is where we're at our best. Yeah, very smart. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about Riri's inclusion in this movie? Um, are you expecting Ironheart to be a sequel, 
or a prequel? Do you want to see more of her? And how about her being from Chicago? Mm-hmm. All of that great Chicago so, pools, so, right? So, so all so all things that you taught, that you hit on were like perfect for me. Um, the fact that she was this next level genius kid from the hood, essentially, and I love the fact I love the fact that she rolled up on the MIT kid like, "Hey, you didn't bend on me my money yesterday," <laughs> and then told him yesterday's price is not today. Like that that matters. Like everything seemed to be authentic with her and how she uh, delivered the role. Uh, I am very excited for Ironheart and more to come from her. Uh, I don't know if we'll get a movie. I'd be cool if they gave her like another Disney series yes. to kind of like fill in the gaps between movies. But because like I don't know if she has like the storyline to hold a movie on her own without anyone else getting involved. Um, but I think she did a really really good job as the character Riri and. Uh, love the old school muscle car. That's a, one of my favorite things at heart, and I love the fact that she's from Chicago. And she shouted that out towards the end of the movie. Like, yeah, everything about their character like made me smile and made me happy. <laughs> I feel like it was done justice. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed her too, and I really liked her interactions with Shuri. Yeah, Shuri kind of met her match. Yes, like, an equal. It was great, and I like how they. I like I, I, I like their relationship as well too, and I I would hope that that like expands more into like a mentorship role as brilliant as Zuri is. I feel like she can help uh, Riri along with a lot more of her gadgets and who, who wouldn't want to see like an iron heart with like vibranium technology with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we got. That's, in this movie. Definitely for sure. Uh, I, but I'm sure like this, cause there's always like different variations of like the Iron yeah. Man suit. She just wasn't able to keep the suit. She had to give it back. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which, which, which left the door open for like more that we could do with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward if we can get that. I could definitely see Shuri popping into Ironheart a little bit. Like, hey, you're going to need this suit. I don't know. I I would like to see kind of Riri on her own again. I really was a big fan of that, like, almost, uh, like, alien, aliens forklift type suit that she was flying mm-hmm. around in with, like, the, expo- the openness of it and, like, the fact that she couldn't go too high in the air without, like, depending on oxygen. Like, that was cool. Like, you know, the indestructible suit of vibranium flying around, I wasn't too much of a fan of that because it's like she wasn't very much in danger or peril at all in the movie when she had that suit yeah i think um with that like there was kind of a fast development because like she got her suit kind of fast but obviously she needed it within this movie so i would have loved to see like if they kind of develop versions of her suit along the way but um Speaking, going back to like when we first saw her uh, suit and she had to go take out the, I think the stealth drone or scout drone. Yes. Like this, this listen, this watching her calculate how far she has to go and where she needs to be when she gets that high in the air. <laughs> it was like so cool. And she's like, okay, I need to be right here. And then I'll be, oh, it's right there. And then shot it out the sky and then just passed out. <laughs> it was like, okay, wait, wait to be a hero. First, first, like 15 minutes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a great callback to the first Iron Man movie when he was uh, fighting Killmonger. No, not Killmonger, Ironmonger in the air mm-hmm. with, and they were both fighting off that ice. Right, he said, how'd you fix the freezing issue? She was like, what do you mean the freezing issue? <laughs> so, um, a little bit of a tie-in to Thunderbolts, I'm presuming, coming up with Val being kind of, again, getting a big role in this movie as kind of uh, an antagonist and a, I guess, uh a devil's at ad- a devil's advocate of just the American government and kind of wanting to just saying, Hey, you know, America should have all the vibranium. So 
do you think this will be a plot point in Thunderbolts? Or do you think that this was just a one-time event for her? No, I think she's a staple because we've seen her character in what the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier series and other series. So I, I think like her character is kind of going to be poking around or popping up here and there, depending on what. But as much as I love Julia Louis Dreyfus, they really made me hate her as a person in this movie. I was like, oh my god! I, I just wanted to say, why is she so mean? Yeah, I just was like, I turned to Mike. I'm like, why is Wakanda all wet, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Elaine and. Uh, she was in uh, Christmas Vacation. Yes. Yeah, I think her going after Vibranium, it makes sense because, you know, she's going to have all these Thunderbolts. She's going to need to keep them in line. And she's going to need kind of a weapon to protect herself. So I assume she's going to get something from Wakanda. And you know, too, I just really want to say how much I love when the Wakandans go to, like, america or just outside of wakanda like shuri and okoye like in was it boston yes and that whole interaction mm-hmm. with the american people like how they're just like you guys are pathetic compared to us you know we, we're we're high and mighty and <laughs> i love it like, you don't even know like how much power we got like mm-hmm. especially when she said you bought the spear here yes i brought the spear yes yes <laughs> and queen Ramonda, how the you know it was like after the funeral and all that and then she just like walks into the general assembly just boss lady yes mm-hmm. i mean she was for me I mean, Letitia Wright was obviously, like, the most standout. Deny Lupita. But Angela Bassett, too. Yes. Like, she just was so good in this role. She, I just wanted to bow to her every time she appeared on the screen. We don't do that here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, her, I guess her monologue when she was in the chambers and she was just like, have I not, oh, when she, uh, I guess, took away Deny's, uh, Mm -hmm rank or whatever she's like have i not lost everything as well too and i was like i felt that in my soul right right (laughs) she got a point like even though i I felt she was kind of overreacting but like i understand her place from like wanting to strip her of her title because like you vouched for her you said that she'd be okay and first mission now she gets snatched Mm -hmm. by underwater colony so (laughs) it's so so much is going on there Um, and i also like the mother-daughter relationship we saw with her and Shuri too how they kind of went from being you know your typical you know Shuri's a teenager and teenagers are like whatever with their moms so she was definitely like that and she definitely loved her older brother T'Challa you know he was her mentor and everything so the part where Ramonda just she dies and Shuri's like just cries for her mother broke my heart like it just mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. It was, that's that's the one that really got me. That part, because yeah, same for me as well too. I like, couldn't believe they killed her off. Because this, this scenes before she was saving Riri. I'm like, okay, she'll be fine. She's swimming up to the thing, and then they get back to her, and Namor is kind of staring over, and she's like, "Mourn your dead uh, and bury everyone." And I was like, "Wait, she's not dead, is she?" Mm-hmm. And literally, when and that and that and that like help with uh definitely with azuri's development because that pretty much shattered everything around her where she had to build herself up and 
kind of put her in that range because she definitely was still taking T'Challa's death mm-hmm. uh, heavily because she couldn't figure out how to recreate the uh, a synthetic herb to like try to save him and just the rush of emotions and everything. Like it's definitely an emotional, emotional movie. And oh yeah, yeah. And it's just to the thing of how when she took the herb and she was transforming into the black Panther, how she saw Killmonger and the way he was like, you're just like me. You want vengeance. You want all this. You know, I was expecting for her to meet T'Challa or her mom or even like her dad, but it was Killmonger. That scene, that scene I did not see coming. And it, it, I think now just reflecting on it, it made sense as to where she was as a person Mm -hmm. and knowing how she was because she was the person who didn't believe in like any of the traditions of the, uh, of the tribe of Wakanda because she was against like mourning or burning the clothes you went to bury your stuff, uh, your loved ones in. Mm -hmm. And Killmarker had a point. It's like, like I said, I wanted vengeance too, and just the this the imagery around it because he was in the throne room, obviously, and then everything burning around down them was kind of like to me uh, was like a metaphor for like how everything was actually in the real world too. Mm-hmm. Even though they just had, the, like I said, even though she just developed the herb, but I think that scene with her and Killmonger kind of put into perspective as to like how blind how blind she was with rage given everything that had happened because at that point she literally lost everyone mm-hmm. that knew her and that loved her because her and him and both was- took the herb to become black panther to avenge their loved ones whereas like right. t'challa he took it just because that was his rightful like right, he was next man up. yeah and it was just really interesting to see this arc in sherry how she goes from being compassionate to these tacoma people and um the more and just all that like she sees like what he's done for his people and how they live and appreciated that life to wanting to just he she was just out for his blood and then she just like changed because she's like no this is who i am like i can't kill him we are in the same boat and it was like the tie-in to both their characters at the end was pretty great Hmm. I definitely and I also loved uh how uh Mbaku's character was kind of like a mentor to her or like the big yes. brother in T'Challa's absence um because they did bring up where he mentioned that you know what's your brother but I promised him I will look out for you and offer you counsel because I guess he knew she needed it and he definitely came through clutch in some moments in this in this movie mm-hmm. trying to talk some sense into her I loved how he had like this arc how once uh T'Challa had passed away he had kind of stepped down from this like Oh, I'm the big. I'm this big warrior. I'm gonna beat my chest all the time. He was like this more passive, like conscious to her. He's like, oh, you can't go kill T'Challa. You can't go kill uh, Namor because it'll just bring war forever. Mm-hmm. Like two kingdoms will never get over it. And I appreciate that so much because he had been such a. He was kind of a comedic character more. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. he kind of brought it down, and he did a great job. Yeah. And you definitely felt T'Challa, his presence in this movie the whole time. Just in these characters, in Shuri, in Baku, and his mom, and just Nakaya, and just everyone that was affected by his death, they acted, like, you know, they they acted out in the name, in his name of, you know, T'Challa, and just, it was great. And it was just so emotional. I was literally, me and Mike, we were just very sad after the movie ended 
Yeah, like I, I think the first movie was like better as far as action wise, but this movie offered like a better story. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when uh the queen Ramonda went to go get uh Lupita's character and she explained like why she couldn't be there, and it's like oh you forget like how close her and T'Challa really were, and then obviously at the end of the movie we see how close they really were because didn't see that coming either, but um. Yeah, it was good to, I guess, get that, get the band back together, essentially, because everyone came back to fight for Wakanda, even though what Lupita was doing in Haiti was remarkable. Mm-hmm. Still had to come home and defend home and take care of home. And it just goes to show that, you know, life does go on and how they wrapped up the movie, especially in the end credit scene. It was beautiful. It was like that's why I say like it was perfect for me. Like this is everything that it needed to be, mm-hmm. especially because like his the the kid like had like a similar smile mm-hmm. to, to his father. And it was like, huh? I wonder if they really like pulled his father, but nonetheless, well, well, well written movie, well shot movie. I'm perfect for me. All about sibling love in movies, and I really love how like Shuri had her moment of mourning for her brother and obviously that was such an emotional sequence it was just like the silence of it with the montage of him Mm -hmm. oh my gosh but then Nakaya comes out with her son and it's just like you know she's a part of the family she's Shuri's sister-in-law and now Shuri has a nephew and it all tied in so beautifully at the end so do you definitely agree there so do you think uh Marvel wants to take uh, little T'Challa and make him the Black Panther, or do you think we'll see Shuri stick along? That I, I'm not certain. I wouldn't be totally against it if that's the route they want to go. Um, obviously, that kid has some growing up to do, so I don't know how long we can hold off for a Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wouldn't be mad if Zuri came back because I would love to see more of her development as the Black Panther and she if she becomes like more. Uh, rounded and better judgment as a Black Panther, much like her brother and her father before her who held the mantle. Oh yeah, because again, T'Challa was such a big example for her and she was momentarily blinded with hate and vengeance, but now I feel like she'll most likely follow in his footsteps and maybe even improve upon where he maybe had some defects, who knows. So Sam, you got anything else we, we you'd like to discuss about this movie? Um, I don't, I don't get Mbaku's hangover trying to fight Namor because as soon as he got that smoke, he regretted it. <laughs> he had to run up on the, on the fish man, as he called him, one punch right through everything. I was like, oh, I, I, that was, I was kind of concerned then too, because I didn't want him to die. Cause I'm like, that punch seemed very lethal. It was, <laughs> it, was like, please don't kill him. I was like, man, that's like hitting a brick wall. <laughs> so like every, right, you know, everyone else in Wakanda has like these spears and like this, these high tech blasters and these flying suits of armors. And Mbaka's is just like, I got this big stick. I'm going to beat you with his big stick. Like, come on, man. And, and the whole battle too, um, in the middle of the ocean, how the Tacoma people are like launched into the air by killer whales and stuff. That is neat. I love killer whales. That that point to me too. I'm like, if anyone runs up on me like riding blue whales and killer whales, like I have nothing for it. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to I, I got nothing against that. Like 
It was just like that's like back to those underwater scenes. Like those were shot so beautiful, and that's a big, big ship they had too. Yeah. <laughs> and the the uh, one uh, local who who chose to stay back and try to like take the ship out. Um, yeah, that took like some dedication, and even um, how Zuri and Riri figured out how to take out Namor pretty much just to microwave them <laughs> was like was, was the solution. But I'm like, it worked because I'm like, it actually when they figured out, I'm like, oh, that does make sense because he needs the water to mm-hmm. kind of replenish himself and keep him out the water. We're fine. I really liked uh, the water bombs as well. They were just so visually fun. And so it was, and the way they were utilized is kind of like explosives, but then also as like terrain builders as well, like how they changed the battlefield when they were used. Oh, I loved it so mm-hmm. much. So Black Panther opened this weekend already, racking up 175 to 185 mil. So, do you guys think it could be one of the biggest movies of 2022? Uh, as an AM, for sure. As an AMC stockholder, I sure, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm definitely given everything surrounding it, given that this was like our our chance to mourn uh, Chadwick Boseman, the man, and T'Challa, the Black Panther character. Yeah, I don't see why oh, yeah. it couldn't be one of the biggest movies of the year. And just, I mean, Marvel always does big numbers anyway, but mm-hmm. given everything surrounding this, for sure, just the silence. Marvel opening logo at the beginning of the movie too with Chadwick. Oh man, that was it. It's all the same. They they had us crying out the gate. I'm like, it's way too early to be crying and getting teary out of this movie. But (laughs) so Sam, say in in like 20 years, like you know, you sit down with your kids or you sit down with your nephews and you go through all the Marvel movies. Do you think that the kids sitting down, not having seen Black Panther in the theater? And not knowing who Chadwick Boseman was, do you think them watching this movie, do you think it will connect with them emotionally as it did to us? It probably won't. There probably need to be some backstory told along with this because given given everything surrounding Chadwick and the Black Panther character, like it was is one of those where you had to be there in real time to kind of get the impact of it. So it'll definitely take some explaining to like what this meant to us and how like he passed away in real life fighting this disease silently and they had to write that into the story because he was black panther bar none yeah he was also like jackie robinson he was in that Mm -hmm. movie about the first as well black supreme court justice i think yep and he he was uh james brown in his biography as well too so he's been doing some big stuff for sure and it's just so admirable and he's a big role model to everybody who, you know, just everything with um, what he stood for. And then how he just silently battled this disease without showing a trace that he was sick. It was just it's so astounding. And it was so shocking when he passed. Yeah, like it definitely took everyone by surprise. Because mm-hmm. um, like you said, he felt like all we saw was like some weight loss and people thinking like, hey, maybe it's for an upcoming role or something else. But we never thought like illness was the was the reason behind it yeah when i saw he passed i thought it was covid and then i read it was you know this cancer and i was like oh my gosh he was so young and it just makes you stop and think you know tomorrow's not promised to you and to also like just take care of yourself so 
Couldn't agree more with, yeah. with, you, with you there, Amanda. <laughs> well, you guys, let us know what you thought of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming on. Thank you. It was my pleasure. <laughs>